Wings Things podcast teaming up with the wrestling podcast we do, which we've had a lot of names, but right now we call it Bumps and Banana Hammocks is what we call it. So yeah. that, that that's what we're doing. I'm Bart Winkler. Cody Grant's going to be uh, with me on this. And then Silas Young, who uh, you can see is part of MKE Wrestling, mkewrestling.com. They've got shows pretty much every month at the Columbus Club in West Dallas. We're recording this one on September 14th. It's a Friday. Uh, they do have one a week from the recording of this on the 21st. You may be hearing it before then. You may be hearing it later. But if you're hearing it for whatever time, go to mkewrestling.com and you'll find the next show. Uh, I, all right. So here's Silas. I'll give you, and thanks for coming in for this. I'll give you my background with wrestling in terms of a fan. Okay. I never watched it as a kid. Ever. Never got into it for whatever reason. I actually got into it. I was at a friend's house for WrestleMania, and I got into it because of a Shawn Michaels uh, Undertaker match. I thought, whoa, what is this? Why have I been missing? It's pretty cool. So I got into that then. Uh, I've been following WWE, and if it's been outside of WWE, I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. Within the last year, I feel like if you're focused on wrestling, it's almost impossible not to. Uh, the stuff that uh, Cody Rhodes did, the stuff that you guys are doing, the stuff that some of the, some of these other independents are doing. It seems like even though WWE is the the big, obviously monster here, it seems like all this other form of wrestling is is making waves. So, your can you tell us where you're a part of right now? Because you're a little ROH. You've done some other stuff. Where have people seen you so far? Okay, so I've been wrestling for 16 years now. Um, a lot of a lot of that was around the Midwest, and in the last five years, I've been pretty much full time for Ring of Honor in the sense that I've basically been on every show that they've had for the last five years. And then in the last two years with them, I've been a, uh, under an exclusive contract, which basically means I can't work any shows in the United States except for Ring of Honor shows. I can do stuff in certain parts of Canada, as long as Ring of Honor doesn't run there, like the Toronto area um, and any stuff anywhere else internationally. So I've also done some stuff uh, in Europe. I've been to Japan before. I uh, just wrestled in India, of all places, over the 4th of July weekend. And, um, you know, I've, I've been always kept myself real busy on the independent circuit. So you might have seen me any of uh, a lot of places, but probably most recently would be for Ring of Honor, as we have TV here in the Milwaukee area and pretty much uh, all over the United States, it's available on TV. So then what's the tie-in with MKE Wrestling? You're not able to wrestle on those shows, or you are? So, no, I mean, I'm not allowed to wrestle on the MKE Wrestling shows, but, I mean, like so many guys that get in wrestling, you always you always want to do more. You always want to try, uh, try your hand at different things, and promoting shows is something that I've always wanted to do. And uh, the Knights of Columbus building for years had wrestling there, and uh, it, the building was opened up. No one was having shows there, so I took the opportunity, and you know we've been doing it about five, six months now, and things have been going real well. So when you're there, like if you're helping promote the show, that's fine, right? You can't like, can you get a microphone and say, "Hey, welcome"? Is that can you not do that? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I can make an appearance on the show. I can't I can't wrestle though. Is basically what it comes down to. You know, I can't be really super involved to that point. So you can't you know? be like a special referee where you're yeah, not really I mean, wrestling. I mean, I could be a special referee, but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want it to turn into one of those things. A lot of promoters in wrestling end up promoting shows and making the main focus be on themselves. And yeah. uh, 
I don't want to be that. You know, we got a lot of really good young talent. Uh, you know, we're lucky here in the Midwest that we have schools that are ran by guys like Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins has a school that he runs in the Iowa area, which is only a couple hour drive. Right. So we have a few of his students on every show. Uh, Ken Anderson, who is Mr. Kennedy for years in WWE, and Sean Devari have a school up in Minneapolis, and I use a bunch of their students on the shows. And these guys are all, uh, you know, training at schools where they're getting into uh, the ring four or five days a week, and their they're training, you know, far surpasses uh, a lot of other so-called wrestling schools. So uh, the, the talent shows, and on top of that, we have a lot of other guys that, you know, have been around the area for a while, guys that people know, like, dysfunction or angel armani to you know local wrestling fans they know who those guys are and they always you know put on great matches so we're really just you know i just wanted to offer this different thing of bringing in new young talent and showing different guys that maybe the wrestling fans around the milwaukee area haven't seen before that's very interesting and we'll get into more of the up-and-coming wrestler and and how to get through this sort of you know to to find your way here and then wherever in a little bit uh, with your background, you got into wrestling 16 years ago. You right. said, from what I understand, it was it helped you save your life. Sort of tell us about uh, your journey and how wrestling was able to help save you. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I grew up in the Appleton area. Um, you know, I I had like a good background, like a good parents grew up. In you a go to high house. school there. Yeah, went to high school. Which there. one? I uh, went to Appleton North. Oh, so what year did you graduate? Uh, I didn't graduate. Or what I, year would you I would have graduated in 99. Because it opened right around then. It opened like 95, 96 maybe, right? I went to Fond du Lac. I was down okay. a little bit the ways, but right. my wife went through Appleton West in 97. Okay. So just checking. Just a little Fox Valley. That's just a little Fox Valley sidetrack. Cody, he's from Illinois. So. Yeah, the Fox Valley is real small though, isn't it? Like you, sometimes there's... People know people. Yeah. You won't even realize it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I grew up there. Uh, kind of got into drugs and stuff like that a little bit. And that was uh, in high school? Uh, in high school, out of high school. Like, uh, probably, like, maybe the first year or two out of high school. Uh, you know, selling drugs. Uh, just kind of not doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And I had a buddy that I went to high school with that trained to wrestle. And he came, I, like, ran into him or he came over. And uh, he said, hey, man, I'm having my first show. You want to buy a ticket? And I was pumped. Like, I, I was a wrestling fan, like, as a kid growing up. But I think by that time, I'd kind of fallen out of it a little bit. But I was maybe watching a little bit, just not real super into sure. it. And uh, so, you know, I bought the ticket. And uh, the day of his show, uh, like, at my house, I had this safe that I kept all my drug money in. And just on a whim, I was like, man, I should go open up a bank account today. Just put this money in it. So I went and opened up a bank account. Uh, uh, my brother picked me up. We went to the show that night. Uh, I was sitting there watching my buddy Tom wrestle, and I was like, man, like, maybe this is something you could do with your life, you know? Like, uh, at this point, like, I was kind of getting sick of what I was doing. It was just like, what, you know, what can I do, you know? Like, I need to do something different here. This is just isn't going to turn out good, you know? Uh, so I'm sitting there watching him, like, you know, you're more of an athlete than Tom is, and he's, like, doing pretty good in there right now. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe this is something you can do. So it was kind of... I've told this story a bunch of times, but it is kind of like a, an epiphany a little bit where I was like, man, like, I think this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to clean up my stuff, like get clean, like start working out. And I'm going to like, I'm going to talk to Tom and see about like where he got trained at and stuff like that. So I, I like kind of decided that night that that's what I was going to do. I got home, someone had kicked in my door, stole my safe. 
And really? Yeah. And I was sitting there that night and I was like, man, like if you're ever looking for a sign or something that maybe you should do something different with your life, like maybe there's a reason you were sitting there and you've got this strong feeling like this is something you should do with your life. Maybe it's a reason that on a whim you decided today you should go put all this money in the bank, you know? And like, Wait, because if you weren't home, you could have been... Well, I could have gotten killed or robbed or whatever, you know, like at the very bare minimum. But, you know, I don't know. I just felt like... Maybe this is maybe this is a sign that you need to do something different. So then I I basically I just cleaned up, started working out, and like that spring that was like July of two thousand that happened. Like maybe the end of July of two thousand. Like I was clean by like November, and then like that following spring I started training to wrestle. Like the spring of two thousand one. I think I, 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 just one more thing on that. I think that. Um... From my understanding, when you do start to go down the road with drugs and stuff like that, that your peripheral awareness shrinks, and for you to still be able to be like, what I I, th- I think a lot of people that that's their track. There is no other. Right. Well, there could be an or. You right. just you get on that track, but you at least even at the show you had that. Well, this is still an or, and then when you got home, you're like. And you, we can swear on this, so if right. you have to say anything. You can swear, you said? Yeah, if you okay, want to swear. Right, I, right. I wanted to say that earlier all right, all right. with your gimmick and everything. Right. Uh, I, I, Yeah. Let's all say fuck, 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 fuck. Right, we can all well, swear. Fuck it. Nice. Yeah, we can all swear. Uh, but you got home and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, th- yeah, th- this is this is an art for me. So you at least, before that, I think you at least at the wrestling show, you, you had like, okay, I can do something else. Right, right. Uh, you know what? You're, you're totally right about that too because I had a buddy who like when we were real bad, he used to always say like when people tell him like, oh, maybe maybe you should clean up and do something different. He's like, I can either have a million problems or one problem, the drug I need to find. Wow, interesting. You know, and it's uh, it's kind of a crazy way to look at it, but I, I think like even though I was really bad Yeah, it's with, so crazy it almost makes sense. It that is. guy it almost yeah, makes right? sense. Jeez, yikes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess, right? Like, but I guess even at the time when I was real bad with drugs, I still had like the conscious thought in my mind of like, this is pretty stupid shit you're doing here, okay. man. Like, this isn't something you can do forever. This is, you know, I just, and I think I was also at a point where I had wanted to find something different to do for a while. You know, I I just didn't, I didn't know what it was. I I didn't, I didn't find it. It found me, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. The way you say that is, I mean, your friend Tom. Right. uh, Did were you friends? Like you were friends with him in the past, but you said he kind of just walked back into your life. Like were you you still kept in touch with him through all that, or a little bit, but not really. Yeah. A little bit, but yeah. I mean. like, you know, we were talking before the Fox Cities, especially Appleton. It's so, so small, small, man. You yeah. always run into people. So, yeah, I mean, we still kind of remain friends, but it's not like we were super tight at that time or anything. So it was kind of just all coincidence, you know? Yeah, it's interesting how that happens yeah. in life. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So then from there, you started to train. Right. And then uh, what happened next? So I trained. Uh, so I got introduced to this guy, Chris Bassett, which was where Tom trained. And... I mean, people in wrestling are weird, but like that, it was a little bit of a weird situation there. Uh, so, like, as I was getting trained, like, like okay, first originally when I wanted, to, like, really wanted to do this, there was these guys that ran up in Green Bay. Uh, they ran ACW, it was Mike Mercury and this dude Eric Hammers, and uh, they were running really good shows. And um, I tried contacting them to go train there first. That's where originally I wanted to go train, even though I'd ran into my buddy Tom. I had known that like this other place, like they got really good training there. 
but I called and left messages, never heard back. So finally I had ran into Tom again, like just like I was coming out of this dude's house waiting for someone to pick me up and his brother happened to live across the street and he was coming out getting to his car and we were talking about wrestling. I was like, yeah, I was like, man, I've been working out and stuff like uh, I think I'm going to really give wrestling a try. I think I'm going to go up in Green Bay. And he's like, well, dude, it's like, if you want to, we're doing training tomorrow in Kokano. Uh, like, if you want to come check it out. And I was like, well, hell yeah. Because at that point, I was pumped, you know, like, I've been working out. I'd clean myself up. Like, I wanted to I wanted to do this, you know. So I went, I went there and uh, I, I did it. And they actually, at the time, didn't even have a ring. They had this platform thing set up in their garage that you could wow, take bunks okay. on. So, like, that's the first thing that I trained on. Uh, and then it got really nice out. So then they set up the ring in the yard and I trained there for a while, but they were just, they're so weird. Like, like, uh, the guy was, uh, Chris Bassett, he was the Cobra and, uh, he, his, he like had the mask and he like kept the mask on like a foam head, like on the mantle in the living room and stuff. And one day he was gone and the kid put it on. The kid was like my age, you know, he's like nineteen, twenty at the time. And uh, he put it on, and, like, the mom, like, got real mad. I was like, Chuck, you know you don't disrespect the Cobra mask like that. And he, like, took it off. And, Whoa. Like, put it back. I was like, these people are fucking weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, I do my training with them. Uh, I work a handful of matches. I end up working, like, maybe my second match for them, like, probably my fourth match in general. And I go to do this, like, moonsault thing off of, like, a guardrail onto a guy. And typically when you do that, the guy catches you and falls back with you, you know, because it's, yeah. it's wrestling. We're taking care of each other. We're protecting each other. Well, I hit this guy, and he just stands there. So I'm going down head first. I put my arm out to not break my neck, and my elbow dislocates and pops out. Uh, so I, like a dumbass, finished the match anyways. And my mom's there. It's the first match she's ever came and seen. Oh, and I no. have to, someone has to go out and tell her to come back because she has to drive me to the hospital, which was like 30 minutes away because this was like in Pulaski, Wisconsin. And the closest hospital was in Green Bay. So she drives me to Green Bay. They like, at this point, I had been clean, like off of drugs for like, uh, like almost two years to the like, like pretty clean, like, I don't know, two years or something like that. Sure. Uh, like some milestone or two years and six months or something. And, uh, they shoot me up with some drug and I'm all like morphine or something like that. I'm all messed up and they're like yanking at my arm to try and pop it back in, but it won't. So they have to do emergency surgery on it. So then I'm out for like three months. But like at this time I'd been training for like, you know, like a year and I had met different people in wrestling. And by this time I had gotten in contact with the guys in green Bay that I originally wanted to train with. So as I was healing up, uh, like towards the end, I like got a hold of those guys. And I was like, Hey, listen guys, I trained, um, you know, with Chris Bassett down here for a while. And I feel like he taught me how to bump and how to do this stuff, but I feel like I need to come work with you guys so you can like teach me what I need to know. Cause I knew like at the time that what I was learning there was really good fundamental basic stuff. But in order to like be good and be a wrestler, like I needed to go up there and I needed to learn like why we were doing stuff and how to put stuff together, basically like the psychology of it. And I knew that from watching the shows that these guys were putting on in Green Bay, like these guys knew what they were doing. Like they were, they were entertaining. They were telling good stories. There was, you know, baby faces, there was heels yeah. and, they, and they worked there as they should. And uh, so I got a hold of them and, you know, like I had met people or whatever. So, you know, they said, yeah, come up and uh, we'll have you train. And this dude, Jay Cash, that's on the poster. He was actually finishing up his training at that time. So me and him kind of finished training together like three times a week. We go up to this, uh, barred up north of Green Bay where there was a ring in it, and we'd go and, like, Mike Mercury or Eric Hammers would come out, and they would work with us, and then basically for, like, maybe a month and a half, uh, finished training us and then started wrestling, then basically anywhere I could get booked. When you go through the training and all that aspect, like getting started out in wrestling, 
how often are you training and how often are you doing shows like through a seven day week? Uh, so when you're, cause are you having a, you have a second part-time job to support oh, yeah, as well, yeah. I mean, obviously too, right? When you're, when you're starting this, you're, yeah. not, you're not making any money. It's kind of like starting a radio. Yeah. You're, well. you're, you're making, <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah. you're literally making next to nothing when you're starting out, uh, doing local independent shows. So you pay to train, uh, most guys like you really shouldn't start wrestling until you're done training. So you can pick up bad habits and stuff like that. Or guys get egos about themselves. Like you should really finish training until you start wrestling. And then if you want to, you can go back and train. Like some guys, some guys never come back and train more. Some guys come back a couple times a week. Some guys might come back once a week. I mean, I still like to this day try to at least, you know, if I can once a week, which, you know, doesn't always happen by any means, but I like to try and get, get in there at least once a week and, roll around because it's just good to have your body used to doing that you know like especially working for ring of honor uh i like man the month of september we only had we don't have a show till the end of the month we have two shows at the end of the month in vegas and then even in august we only had one show so and it's two months of only having doing one or two shows so like but being exclusive with them i mean you get paid no matter what so it's it's good in that sense but <laughs> at the same time it's it's tough to uh, not you get some be, ring it, rust. You, you get you, well, you don't get ring rust, but you just you're not as crisp. So yeah, I guess I mean in a way you kind of do get a little bit of ring rust. So that's why, especially for me, I like to go get in the ring, even if it's just rolling around doing a little bit of wrestling. It just keeps your body, you know, used to what you're doing. So when did you? So after you're training for a while, and then you start getting did did you have a moment after that where you started realizing you could do this professionally, where you thought. Hey, I'm making it. This, I'm on the right path here. After your training, where did you go next? Okay, so after my training, I just basically like <laughs> I remember watching Beyond the Mat. You guys remember? I don't know if you ever seen Beyond the Mat. I, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So I seen Beyond the Mat, and the, you know there was guys in there that talked about how like you just you know you need to get out there and work as much as possible. And for me, I was like, hey, you know what? I don't know if I'll ever really make this but like at the same time man it's pretty cool i get to go out and travel see different parts of the country wrestle different guys like i love it like i did i did wrestling because like i fell in love with it and like i i love i love traveling uh i like i like meeting different people because i mean if you're involved in wrestling like we're all pretty like-minded we all got something that we all got that one thing for common ground you know uh so i i enjoy the whole lifestyle that goes with wrestling so for me it was like yeah i definitely want to make it but i didn't like, I guess I was always thought, like, man, if I could just, like, get out and, like, get booked regularly, like, I'd be happy. And then when that started happening, I'd be like, man, if I could be booked regularly and, like, start being able to supplement my income, that would be awesome. So then that started happening. And it's like, well, if I could start getting booked for better places, you know, that would be awesome. So it's just you, like, you have these small goals, that I guess, that you set for yourself. I mean, you have the ultimate goal. I think everybody wants to be able to you know, be WWE champion someday and make millions upon millions of dollars. But, uh, I mean, for myself, I've just always had these small goals and, you know, I've, I've gotten to, I've gotten to set them, you know, like I think for a lot of guys, you have goals of working with certain other guys cause you know, they're so respected or, you know, they're, they're so good at what they do. And I've been lucky to be able to share the ring with a lot of guys that are super, super talented guys, guys like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, uh, Daniel Bryan, um, Claudio, or what? What's Claudio's name? Cesaro, yeah. Um, yeah, Cody, you were telling me that you see, you've seen him. I've seen you wrestle multiple times. I actually I was working at Toys R Us at the time, and I met a friend. I was kind of like in a path where I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and okay. 
met a friend there, and he used to work for he works for AAW. Okay. So he brought me to a show, and I started I I set up the ring. I actually shook your hand before. You probably okay. don't remember me, <laughs> but um, we would help set up the ring, and then when I started. Was that? What? That was at an AAW show. Oh, when? Yeah. Oh, this had to have been 2013, 2012, around yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. So it was years ago. And I used to write recaps for the show. Okay. And so I used to, you know, got, got into that. I watched you wrestle multiple guys. I mean, you wrestled guys from, like, Kevin Owens to, uh, you mentioned, of course, Cesaro and Seth Rollins, who got their start in AAW as well. Right. Uh, so uh, I was really excited for when I heard Silas Young was coming in an interview, because I've seen this guy before. I've seen this guy wrestle multiple times. Yeah, I mean, and he's talking about AAW. AAW is like, you know, arguably the best independent company in the country. You know, they run down in what the shit? I guess the Chicago, Berwyn. Chicago, yeah, Chicago Berwyn area. area. Yeah, they got you know they got really really good shows. They use a lot of super good talented guys. Uh, you know, so I just think like, and that was one of my goals was to work for them. And you know, I was lucky enough that. Uh, the guy that runs it, Danny Daniels, I worked with him pretty much from when he took over that company and watched that company grow over like 10 years uh, that I was there working for him and, you know, got to work with a lot of really super talented guys from all over the world. There was a, a great stepping stone and it was, uh, you know, it was really a place that helped put my my name out there more and helped me get opportunities to work for places like Ring of Honor. And now, you know, I get to work there and I get to make a living at wrestling. So it's, it's you know, it's awesome. It's kind of the achieving the dream a little bit, so to speak, you know. Wings Things Podcast, uh, Bart Winkler, Cody Grant with our wrestling podcast, Silas Young in studio here. Uh, MKEWrestling.com for more details and, and more on that in a moment. With with your uh, Ring of Honor, the, the last real man. Right. Tell me about uh, this gimmick. I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I like it. We do a lot of stuff on our show, on our morning show, I don't know how it rolled into this where it's like I've I play the role of the beta male and then my co-host Chuck plays the role of the alpha male. Nice. And then I'm always saying, well, uh, actually, my argument is that beta males are the real alphas because we're so uh, secure with our masculinity that we can be more effeminate at times if needed or we can be more compassionate. And it's just a back and forth dynamic that we've had on the show. And so. When I see you do a little of the last real man stuff, uh, I do feel like that's sort of like what Chuck thinks he is a little bit. But it's also I like the character for now because the time we're in now because I do feel like there's a lot of people holding on to this this idea of masculinity, and you're like the last the, the last one left. Right, right. That that's that's totally the idea the idea behind it too, man. Like. Uh... People always ask me, like, what does it mean? Like, it's kind of like stuff that guys do nowadays. Like, our fathers or our father's fathers would just, like, look at it and just be like, what the hell's going yeah. on with you fucking guys? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's funny. My, it's kind of like a nod to my dad, too. I grew up with five brothers, and they're all kind of, you know, fuck-ups a little bit. <laughs> uh, except for the oldest one. The oldest one's a cop. But the, oh, all the rest, okay. all the rest, and I shouldn't even say fuck up. So it just, you know, dipshit kids got in trouble, you know, like drinking and just, you know, dumbass shit like that. Uh, but, you know, like by the time I came around, he was no nonsense, you know, and like, like Chris here is my friend. Like he grew up two houses down from me and he can attest this. Like the kids in my neighborhood were scared of my father. Like, it, you know, he was, he wasn't like afraid to like grab a kid and snatch him up and throw him against the wall or something like that. He was fucking no nonsense. And the crazy thing is he was like, he was like the fire chief in Appleton too. Okay, and like, wow. like, like he held, held like a little bit of clout in the community and stuff like that, but he still, he didn't, 
He didn't fuck around, man. So, like, it's always kind of the last real man things, like a nod to my old man. Like, he has the mustache. He has the slick back hair. Like, it's all it's what it comes back to a little bit. When did you latch on to that then? When did you say, this is what I'm doing, and then it took off a little bit? Okay, so uh, I was, um, oh, shit. I'm sorry. Did I mess with that? I just turned that. I don't know if that. No, messed with no, anything. All right. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, You're good. So I was probably wrestling for like eh, like ten ish years at this point, and I was just Silas Young. I was a guy with long hair and a beard, and like I mean, I was good and I was getting book places, but like I felt like man, I gotta have something that makes me stick out a little bit, something to give people to latch on to, because at the end of the day, like. Wrestling is about characters and storylines and, and, you know, getting people's emotions involved. So in order to do that, having a character, especially like a very easily describable character, uh, gives people more ideas to write off of or uh, makes you more marketable or more bookable, I guess, you know, because it's, it's a character and, and it's a simple character. You, you can't know? just be like, I'm me. Yeah. And they're like, well, who's me? And then you got to give them like a 20 minute explanation, yeah. you know, that that shit don't work. Uh, but yeah, you say the last real man. I think you can easily. Okay, I know what this character. Yeah, and, and if you listen to one promo, you get you get what it is after that. You know, yeah. it doesn't need to be a ten minute promo. It can be a thirty second promo, and you'd be like, all right, I get what this what this. Well, guy's I watch all you about. get booed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal. So being being <laughs> a real man, that's his goal too. It's it's heelish to be a real man. It is. It is. It, I mean, it totally is. I mean, I like to I like to push the line to, uh, with the stuff that I say. Uh, would you cut a promo on Cody about how you don't remember shaking his hand? You dumb motherfucker. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I want to hear that. So Cody comes up to me asking about why I don't remember him, saying me and him shook hands five years ago like I'm supposed to think he's something special. I mean, look at this guy. He's as average of a man as you get today. You're supposed to expect me to remember you? Bring something special to the table, kid. Then maybe I'll remember you. It's awesome. <laughs> Too good. Yeah, th- I put you on the spot there, but yeah, I've heard. Uh, I've heard. I think I've heard Chris Jericho say this about how. Well, I know. I he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Just so you, just so you're aware, what you just did will be. We're gonna play the shit out of that on our morning Absolutely. show, oh, man. Please, all the time. Please yeah. do all the time. Please so we'll do. get you the the shout out there. He always Fuck said yeah. your uh, your character is just you turned up by 10 yeah yeah yeah. and so when you find a character that sticks with you it i mean that promo put you on your spot that was easy to do because it is just you really right right? right. just turned up it's just me being a dick yeah because i mean (laughs) honestly i mean i'm usually kind of a pretty laid back dude but if i get pissed i mean then it's you know that's on there it's pretty easy to turn on because you know there's definitely been points in my life where i've been a more angry man but you know life's pretty good now so i'm a little bit more laid back but yeah it's definitely Characters need to be an extension of yourself. You know, you can't try and portray something that's not you. You know, it just uh, it comes off as so fake and, you know, not genuine. Well, I think that's uh, one of the things when we talk about WWE, Cody and I, on on our podcast, I think the thing that bothers us is when things are forced. And I think right now with the, the landscape of where WWE is, you've got Roman Reigns, a guy who is seemingly being forced down our throats. The, the women battle right now between Becky Lynch, who is being about as true as a character as she can, and she's getting cheered, yet painted as a heel. Right. So sometimes I think that that's the problem that, that I have, is when there's a disconnect between what the company thinks you should be and what the character actually is. Because when 
you said it, when you do something that's not authentic, uh, you can tell. And we've had, we do a toy drive once a year uh, and we do, uh, we had Tommy Dreamer was out there once and we were talking to him about uh, Roman Reigns. And he said, if Roman Reigns could just be, if they would just show him and not this guy they're trying to make him, people would love him. But instead they're almost like being, you be John Cena and people don't want that. Right. So it's like, we want authenticity as fans, I think we want authenticity Absolutely. in wrestling, and when we don't get that, it it's easy to turn away from the product. Right. Well, and it's I mean it's hard for you know guys and girls like uh, you know Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch, especially like being put in those positions. Like especially for like Becky Lynch, she, you know she's out there and she's cutting promos about how she was overlooked, and it's all the truth. Right. You know what the, I mean? The heels all... always are the right. They always say the things that are right. <laughs> Our I last know. podcast. We... And it's and it's it's kind of, it's hard for fans to get mad at that because, I mean, even as fans, like as people, dude, everybody's been overlooked at work, right? Everybody yeah. feels like they should have gotten the promotion, but some other asshole in the office got it. Like, that, like, to me, like, that just giving her that be her storyline or whatever. That just seems like it's like, well, do you guys want her to be a heel or like, you know, cause that's kind of, that's pretty baby facious to me, you know, something that everybody's been through before and can, and feel that, you know, that's something you can feel, but that makes her the biggest baby face. And the heels always make sense. I know do. it's almost, and the, and the faces never get along with each other. It's just funny how it works out. There. Yeah. But, but I think thing. at the same time, I don't think wrestling so much, booked like baby face heel anymore anyways i feel like they just put stuff out there and if people like it then they'll run with it and they'll get more tv time and they'll get more storylines and stuff like that you know if they're if the people are enjoying it and buying their merchandise and they're buying what they're doing they almost they almost don't even care if it's baby face or heel you so know? if roh doesn't have uh if you right now you have two shows you said this month right and how can you sustain like storylines or do you not um, so we do, uh, we do TV tapings once a month where we have a TV show every, okay. every week. Uh, we have a streaming service like WWE as a WWE network. We have the honor club and they, uh, they basically every show that we do, which used to be considered like house shows, those are all streamed on the honor oh, club. Yeah, yeah. So you can follow the storylines. They also, you know, have, uh, they do some stuff like maybe on Twitter and YouTube, but their stories are usually, they're usually a little bit more stretched out, you know, uh, so they, they take a little bit uh, longer to evolve. And then uh, a lot of also what Ring of Honor has just been built on is really good athletic-style wrestling. Like, uh, I've always said forever that WWE set the tone of what what the style of wrestling was for the wrestling industry. But, like, in the last five to eight-ish years, all these Ring of Honor guys that work for Ring of Honor forever started popping up and being these main uh, these main superstars for WWE and the the style of wrestling in WWE is now evolved because of it. And it's almost like Ring of Honor has now set the standard in what wrestling is, you know. So we, you know, we offer uh, a super athletic, um, very technical-based wrestling for the fans that are consider themselves like, you know, true, uh, pure wrestling fans, you know. And uh, they also do some good storylines. You know, we got uh, a guy like Bully Ray who's there. He's helping out I think a little bit maybe with the booking and he's uh you know he's he's being involved uh, in helping guys with their storylines and stuff like that so there there's a little bit of the storyline happening but it's definitely harder um harder to do that without having like a live TV show every week or just having more house shows which it's just seems to be that towards the end of the year 
we always run a little bit less house shows. Like like I said, August and September are slow months, but then come October we got we have a handful of shows at the beginning of the month. We're doing the Chris Jericho cruise. I don't know if you guys are. Oh, you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're doing the Chris Jericho cruise, and then right when we come back from that. Uh, I'm going to go to Canada and do a show, and then I'm going to go. We have shows in Pittsburgh and Columbus, and then I think we're home for like two days, and then we're back for like four more shows. So it's weird where like once a year we'll have like one or two months where there's like one or two shows that month, but then every other month is like like eight shows, so you're do gone you, a lot. Do you think the the Last Real Man, where would that fit in today's WWE, and is that still something that you think about? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, my contract is up at the end of this year, actually. Um, and there's always, you know, there's always a possibility to, uh, you know, go anywhere. I would never say never to anything. I think anybody who starts, starts out in this, you know, always has that idea of going to WWE. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish in Ring of Honor yet. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm willing to, I'm willing to have conversations with both sides, I guess, you know. So we'll see see what happens. And you also mentioned to a bunch of guys that were in Ring of Honor are now in WWE and guys that are at the top of the right. mountain at WWE. Right. And Bart talked about how when he first got into wrestling it was all WWE. And I think a lot of people are like that where they only watch WWE thinking that's the only, you know, promotion out there. Right. Where there's so much more and there's so much different wrestling. Like I just went to the all in show right. a couple of weekends ago at the Sears Center and it's just way different how they book it. To WWE, do you think that seeing those stars now in the main stage of WWE kind of helps people maybe, oh, I want to go check out where they came from and go check out Ring of Honor, go check out New Japan. and Definitely. And get, like building a wrestling community, really. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And like uh, just other mainstream uh, sources of media are starting to do more stuff with wrestlers. Like, I mean, for instance, we're here today. We're or, here today. Or uh, like I've done, I've, I've done interviews and I know like a, a bunch of guys on the roster have done interviews with ESPN and uh, Sports Illustrated. So they're like wrestling starting to almost become that that pop culture thing that you're seeing kind of pop up in all these different areas. You never saw it pop up. And I mean, I, I know for myself, like in the late nineties, early two thousands, you'd walk around in the wrestling shirt. You'd always see is the NWO, right? Like now you walk around and you see a young bucks or a bullet club shirt. Like they're, you know, those are guys that don't even work for WWE. They've never worked for WWE, but they literally have the hottest t-shirt selling in the whole world right now, you know? So it's wrestling kind of is it's it's hard to ignore it's everywhere now which we love yeah i love it i love it too it's great for the industry i mean when i started out uh in 2002 i didn't even think about the fact that ecw and wcw had just closed i mean i started training basically a month after both those companies closed which is literally the worst time to try and get into an industry that's already hard enough to get into and two of the top three companies in the country you live in have closed but now since then now you have you can work for WWE make a living you can work for Ring of Honor make a living you can work for Lucha Underground you can make a living you can work for Impact make a living hell you can make you can work on the indies in the United States and Canada alone and make a living if you've built enough of a name and a reputation for yourself and you're willing to get out and travel and work you know and that's just here then I, and then in Europe wrestling's gotten huge in Europe like there's there's a quite a few companies there that are doing really, really good business in just the UK alone, you know. And then there's uh, there's another company in Germany that runs. They run like ninety or hundred shows a year. I mean, that's basically like a a full time gig there. And Japan, 
same thing. You know, it's it's crazy. Wrestling's hot all over the world. So the guys you're training and the guys with MKE Wrestling, how far would they be off from being able to do it for sustainable income? Like how far away are these guys? Uh, what do you try to instill in these guys with with everything that you've learned? Okay, so I mean, some of these some of these guys are all, all at different levels. Like this uh, this kid right here in the mask, Airwolf. Like he's a young dude. He's maybe been wrestling like a year, year and a half, but he is super talented. Like he's he's like doing it the right way. He's getting out there wrestling all over the place. He uh, just re- uh, won this tournament out on the East Coast for uh, a company that's really well respected and has been around forever called Chikara Pro. Um, oh sure, yeah. So he's he's making this this real big name for himself. So I mean, for a, a kid like him, he could be he could be a couple years away, or he could be signed next year. You know, who knows? It's wrestling is just one of those weird things. But he's you know he's a super talented kid. Uh, this guy dysfunction. He's been around for for years. Like I mean, he's been wrestling for like 15, 16 years too. And he's a super talented guy. He's traveled uh, you know all over the United States and Canada wrestling he's a guy that you know would just take the matter of you know right place right time uh this dude jay cash he's he's a uh another guy he he would maybe need to need a little bit of polishing or something like that but he's a big guy he's like six six uh he's yeah, good perfect he's, size, he's, yeah. he's entertaining he's i mean his only downside might be that he's like about in his mid 40s so that might kind of hurt him a little bit and this guy uh angel armani he's like he's like 60 something he doesn't really wrestle much but honestly if you ever seen him you'd be so entertained by him he's <laughs> so good he's like the embodiment of so you've got guys at all of ends all of the ages spectrum. yeah and i mean like in him he's like he's a super respected guy where like uh you know um he's been he's been asked to come down to like nxt and do like a week of as a guest trainer like he helps uh out in california with this uh thing called championship wrestling from Hollywood. Like he's recently started helping out with like the booking and stuff like that. So he's got like a real good mind for, for wrestling. So we have a, you know, but then we also have some kids um, on the show that are just starting out and we, you know, have a big uh, uh, plan where we take these younger guys and we put them with more experienced guys. Cause that's the only way you can get better in wrestling. So if Cody someday wants to cut back a promo on you and have it actually, you know, mean something where then he can t- take you on in the ring and he wants to be a part of this. How, like, if someone's listening, too, and they say, that's where I want to be, how do they get in touch with you guys? How so do they-, they can they can send a message, right, or an email or a message to mkewrestling.com. Uh, you know, just give us their name, a little bit of their background, and uh, we'll get a hold of them and talk to them about what it would take for uh, to get started in pro wrestling. Yeah, we definitely have a place to train, so there's always that option. So, again, we're taping this on the 14th of September. There's a show on the 21st. Uh, the Columbus Club, West Dallas, mkewrestling.com. And then if you're listening to this after the fact, uh, just go to the website and you'll find what's coming up at mkewrestling.com. Cool, man, to get a little bit of a backstory on you, to get a, a behind the scenes on the business a little bit, and uh, the promo on Cody. I mean, that's that. <laughs> well, you, I mean, That'll live for a while. I'm trust still me, shaking man. I, I, re- I really hope you guys do play that. That would be amazing. Oh, they will. Yeah. yeah, they will. A reason to pick on Cody? Are you kidding? Nice. It's every single day they pick <laughs> on me. So yeah, he produces our morning show, and uh, we shit on him all the time. That's kind of how it works. Uh, Silas, great to meet you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, guys. Good stuff again. MKEWrestling.com for more bumps and banana hammocks. Wings Things podcast on 105.7 FM. The fan.